0: Welcome to the Innate Flow Podcast. My name is Nate Baumgartner, and you are tuning in to a vibration in the time-space continuum, communicating the wisdom, reflection, and awareness direct from the mouths of authentic truth-seekers and spiritual warriors. Drop in with us as we uncover how we as individuals can begin healing our collective consciousness in a holistic and intuitive way. Sit back, quiet the mind, and open the heart we integrate the here and now. Matt Gardner is a podcaster, musician, sound therapist, all of that on top of being an addiction and recovery coach who helps those in recovery create healthy, active lifestyles without the need for alcohol. Matt and I became friends when we went through the Unlifted system together, and it has been awesome to witness his journey, especially in how it has mirrored my own in many ways. Matt, welcome to the
1: show. Awesome. Thanks for the intro, Nate. That was great. And yeah, happy to be here. Great to reconnect. Yeah, dude. I would love for you to start by going
0: through the high points and the low points, I imagine, of your experience, your life, finding yourself where you are today.
1: Yeah, for sure. For sure. So I'm going to roll the clocks back about, I would say, well, let's go to about beginning of 2021. So I've been working a job for over 20 years at that point. And I literally grown up with the company that I was with at the time. It was a local grocery store, a local grocery chain up here in like Western Canada. And so I've been hired when I was 16 years old and had literally done, you know, the part-time You know, that the punk kid that's got like the long hair in the back kind of, you know, hiding from the general public and closing, closing the bakery deli, you know, four nights a week, literally to assistant store manager and pretty much every job in between and grew up. I was a really shy kid. So this, uh, the job, I have a lot of, you know, tips of the cap to the job. It brought me out of my shell and, you know, just learning interpersonal sensitivity and leadership skills. So I have a own, a lot, or, you know, owe a lot to the job, but the beginning of, uh, you know, even as back as far as like 2020 and around the pandemic, I know it was fairly common for a lot of people that had this like pandemic epiphany. I definitely had one as well, where it was just like, for me, it was, it was a lot to do with just, you know, is this fulfilling? Can I picture myself doing this for the next 15 years? You know, I was, I was about to turn 40 and I'm looking at my life and, and I know you and I were similar in the fact of having this like existential kind of crisis or midlife crisis or however you want to word it going, yeah, is, is there more, is there more to life? Like, what am I doing? I I had this, this period of really going over, like, say, what are my core values? And I remember one of my counselors had, had asked me that before. And I was like, you know what, that's easy. Like, I know what my core values are. And the exercise itself took me so long to, to, to put, put uh, just some simple words down. And, um and, you know, and then realizing that, you know, some of these, these words are like, I started really questioning is like, are these words my you know my parents' values are these actually my values, right? So I, I was questioning everything in a good way, like in a curious way, and uh, and then every time I would think about my job, I was always looking backwards and I was kind of looking and doing that justification, like when you're in a relationship, well, oh, yeah, but there's this, like, oh, there's the benefits, and oh yeah, kind of justifying staying with the job. So that was warning sign number one. Warning sign number two. And this was the main thing that, that tipped the scale for me was I was picturing myself. I was negotiating myself. I'm like, okay, all I have to do this is for the next 15 years. And as soon as I would think that my body would just, I'd feel the walls closing in, right? Like just my body would kind of lock up a bit. And, you know, and I was just like, okay, that's, there's something here. There's something, my body is rejecting this, my brain, even the way I'm thinking, it's like, it's, I'm kind of negotiating myself through this, uh, staying at this job so I was like, okay, so what what do I do at this point? And then, you know, there's a lot of narratives um, that I was getting from friends and family. Like it's really hard to, and it is, it's true. You know, it's challenging to to you know start over at, at any stage of your life, but especially when you get to a certain age and people, you know, put these these age markers up and as as uh you know uh, another layer of resistance or uh another layer of like, oh you, you know, your time has passed, you know, you're 40 already, things of that nature. Uh, so, you know, that was in my mind a little bit. So anyways, I, I ended up, what I ended up doing, Nate was taking a, a six month sabbatical. I'd never really taken more than, you know, a couple weeks off at a time. And I just felt like, you know what, let's just take a good chunk of time off and really answer some of these questions that I'm having about myself and my life with the intention, full intentions of going back and being, you know, recharged and, you know, re- replenished and, and then being able to do this 15 years extra of, of work uh, coming out of it. And, um, You know, day one, I think even morning one, I had this very distinct inner dialogue voice come up and go, you're not going back. And I was like, whoa, okay, where did that come from? That's, that's rather curious. And so I just, okay, well, let's, let's see where this leads me. And at this point, I'm just going off intuition, right? I'm just kind of, it's a feeling and I'm just trying to get some words and some articulation and expression behind this feeling and figure out, you know, where it's going to lead me. So at this point I felt this like overwhelming feeling of like openness and receptiveness. And I was really getting immersed in like, you know, different self-help and self-development books and podcasts and doing a lot of journaling nature walks and things that are, was just allowing, you know, allowing this stuff to come to me. And, and I found, I think again, very, very early in my, my sabbatical, like day three or four, I went out for this massive nature walk and I had all these ideas. It was just like, the floodgates opened. And I remember I had, I had my phone with me. So I was just doing a lot of like, um, you know, voice memos and all these ideas of these different things that I wanted to do with like creativity and creating like uh, you know, community and, and all this stuff. And it just kind of came out of, seemingly out of nowhere, uh, you know, um, in hindsight, obviously was stored back there and it just needed a a, a chance or, uh, you know, some framework for it to come out. And yeah, it was just, I just felt I'd never felt so alive or hadn't felt so alive in a long time that liveliness in a long time. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to run with this. So, you know, I started, uh, um, creating this online course about the importance of, you know, creativity and creative, uh, endeavors, uh, as far as like the mental health and, you know, just really, uh, trying to frame it as, as a big part of like a health and wellness, uh, you know, routine just as you know exercise would be a musical instrument or painting does very similar for your brain chemistry and and uh just feelings of self-worth and connectedness right so uh you know just doing a course on that so i i i started working on that and you know just learning the whole you know video editing and you know going through the whole uh you know creating slideshows and it was great it was it was it was super um it was super invigorating for me to to get to that stage coupled with, you know, the resistance that comes with learning, the learning curve, having like five or six different learning curves at, at the same time and bringing it all together, but having the time to do it, which was what the sabbatical provided. And it was about two months into the sabbatical. I met just by chance guy that we, you know, I both are friends with and know, uh, Mike Schwartz. So he's a fellow Canadian and he's an enlisted. And I, I went on his podcast and, or it was, it was, going to be his podcast and basically as soon as we you know locked eyes and he's wearing his signature you know that the sailor hat and the sunglasses i'm like this guy's pretty cool what's going on here and uh literally as soon as we just started talking it was just like instantaneous just like we were brothers and we talked for three and a half hours um you know and without even coming back to the podcast thing we just had this pretty epic conversation about just dynamic you know anything and everything to do with life and what I was doing what he was doing and he's just a really generous you know giving guy by nature so he was you know giving me a lot in the conversation and kind of guiding me through and walking me through some of the enlisted type stuff Um, you know talking about like the negations and even the four-step story work like we really got into it and he's like you know what you're doing with your course if you're looking to you know raise your game at this point again i'm just following my intuition so anything that's getting dropped in my lap i'm like let's do this like I'm, I'm all in on this right so within you know 24 hours i'm on a call with mark obviously mark uh is good like mentor of ours and friend of ours as well and you know mark right he's just he's pretty so like laid back but it's enough that he's like he's super like charming and charismatic too so i'm just like he's he really intrigued me he wasn't like pushy And he was just kind of just doing his thing, right? And I'm like, I I like this guy. And then he he told me about his TED Talk. So I watched his TED Talk and I'm a sucker for TED Talks. And I was just like, oh, beauty, like so, so cool. And then I think that very same Sunday, like days later, I got on, I was invited to the Brandon Powell uh, breathwork that he lifted puts on once a month. And that was, that's what did it for me, man. I was like, as soon as I was about halfway through that and just my, you know, getting that the brain chemistry going on and just like looking at Brandon, such a character, he's got the Elvis sunglasses on and he's guiding you through this like Wim Hof breathing with this funky music. I'm like, man, this is what I need. This is that, you know, that, that missing element, that connection that I was, I was, I've been searching for seemingly all my life. And just so to get into a, a group, the enlifted coaching group and community, with just like-minded, positive people that are making change within themselves, and then you know uh, the people around them. As a result, it was just an amazing, uh, transformational thing for me. So I got into and lefted level one, uh, kind of towards the tail end of my my ab, my leave of absence for my sabbatical, and that was when I really started. So this is this is kind of when I started getting into a, a dip the The realization that I was uh, running out of resources, specifically money, uh, that I I had stored away, I'd had enough to you know to get by for the six months. I had in my mind though that I was going to be able to figure out a way to uh, reinvent myself and my life in a six month period. You know, looking back, it's it's that's, that's wishful thinking. It takes takes a little. You know, you got to give. You got to allow life and yourself as much time as is needed. And we'll get to that later. But so there was I was starting to feel some imposter syndrome, and some uh, big time self doubt. And the one thing that I really had to work at resolving Nate was the uh, my relationship with money. So I'd had 20 plus years of getting paid, like every Friday, like clockwork every Friday, every Friday. And even though I put in my head, I'm like, you know, I have the money, I'm not going to panic about this. It's all good. Like, don't worry about it. Uh, you know, that first Friday came and the, the beginning of the sabbatical, and, you know, I used to look at my, my finances and there's no paycheck and there was this initial like, energetic body reaction to that. I was like, ooh, okay. wasn't expecting that. I'm like, ooh, you know, so I was curious about it initially, but, you know, as the sabbatical uh, progressed and, you know, my my bank account is going down, I started to feel this pressure and it was a lot of, um, it was an energetic pressure, like a tightness in my, in my chest. And it was also, uh, you know, inner dialogue pressure, which I identify as like, you know, my dad voices, my dad, um, you know, even some of my bosses that I've had before as well. And it was getting very derogatory towards me. And, uh, that's when I, I sort of identified or connected the dots that there's this, um, it's not so much money. It's like, what's behind the money. what is, what does the money represent to me? So I did that work and I was okay. Well, money to me is a a sense of security. And that one was like, you know, on the tip of my tongue, I, 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 I knew that, uh, but not to what extent and how it represented itself energetically in my body, but also self-worth, which I wasn't, I just hadn't, I hadn't experienced that. I didn't realize that was going to be uh, something that came up, but it definitely did. So, and it was, it was, it was strange. It, and it was, a, I had to do some I had to pause and I chose to do some work on it. Right. It was like, it was, uh, I couldn't go any further with it until I, I, I identified, you know, what self-worth is and reframe it. Right. And, and, and that's, so, you know, I say that to say that like in lifted, couldn't, it could not have come negation acknowledge couldn't have come at a better time for me as far as being able to process all these things that I was feeling in real time. Right. So it's just one of these things where life gives you, uh, what you can handle and what you need at the time. So it was definitely a I was working through all that stuff that we were working through in level 1 and lifted in real time in my real life. So that was that was great. Not uh, you know, it's so that was interesting. Um you know, and this as we're graduating level 1, the hourglass was kind of the sand was running through and I I I made the decision to go back to uh to to my previous job. Uh it just wasn't it wasn't quite time yet to uh, to pull the plug. And um it was interesting. The whole idea was I was going in with a, with a very much open mind about, okay, this is a great way for me to integrate everything that I've learned in these last six months. So I was very excited to do that. I went back with this fresh perspective, which is what the whole initial purpose of the sabbatical was. So to go back and I, I found very quickly uh, what basically what I did is also, I stepped down from my previous position of assistant store manager. So that way the idea was that I could, it was, would be easier to integrate. And then I could overlap. I have a bit of overlap between uh, previous career and my coaching career and just sort of have them co-mingle and, and interact. Uh, and then there's, it would take away that, that pressure, that perceived pressure of uh, the, of the money, the money concerns. And um, yeah, it was very apparent very quickly that 20 plus years of just reactionary, the nature of the job is very, you know, you got to make decisions. People are coming at you. It's, you know, making a choice at the fl- on the fly. The leadership is very just guttural. And okay, it's this, we're going to go with this. Way. Boom, Well, we'll change it on the fly if we need to. But it's, it's that is the nature of it. And it's very distractionary and what I call like shallow work and shattered work. It's a lot of like starting this, going over to this, you know, and then hope, you know, bring it together at the end of the day or later on in the week. So it's a lot of that type of work versus, which was very much the opposite of what I had been doing in my personal life. So when the two worlds, uh, you know, interacted, it was, uh, yeah, it was very challenging for me and I got very frustrated as a result. And I was, um, yeah, I had a hard time. And then, you know, there's for me, there's like, there's the the term of the phrase, the second arrow where there's something that happens to you. And then you tend to dog, I, I tend to dog pile on myself, which really is not helpful at all. I remember, I
0: remember you and I had a coaching call we did, right indeed. around that point. We did. Where, where you were feeling you had just gone through this six-month sabbatical, stepping back into your role, and were feeling all of that dread, that contraction of being mm. in the old space, but from the new place in your body, something that... Um, has become more and more apparent to me in my own healing is that we move at the speed of our slowest part. Ooh. And so when we see ourselves in these shifts, like there is still an aspect of you that identifies mm-hmm. as that person in that job that you had. And it may be a contracted, um, limited aspect of yourself, but there was still a part that was there and that, that was the slowest part. And I remember feeling in taking you through this coaching call. I was like he's going to quit eventually and he can't fully feel it yet.
1: Yes. Yeah. Good. Uh, yes, absolutely. I remember that very well. That was a, uh, a lot of the visuals uh, that we got, like we, we did some visualization. Yeah. I remember about like kind of staying above this feeling, right. Being able to observe it, but kind of rising above it, right? And so there's still a yeah, no, I I remember that very well, and I I I still appreciate that. That was that was a a a good a great call that we had. So thanks for reminding me about that. Um, yeah, and you know what? That's exactly what it was. So it's um, you know, uh, what I was doing and advice to anybody that is at that stage where they're trying to you know change their life, and there's this this drastic A B of like an old version of you and a new version of you. And you are trying to integrate it into this otherwise, you know, similar, somewhat stagnant, potentially with relationships, life. You know, uh, just for me, it was like, I guess, the equivalent of like microdosing. Essentially, I, I I would say to myself, okay, for the next ten minutes, I will not participate in, you know negative conversation, uh, like gossiping. Cause I, I, found that was happening a lot. And I was like, you know, Mark England talks about like the, the grandfather clocks in the shops, they all kind of, you know, start in different temples and such, but then eventually they sync up. So I was, I, I had that in my mind, that visualization, that analogy. And I felt that I was doing that energetically. I was coming in with best intentions. I'm like, this is a new me. New, uh, you know, new framework. Uh, I've step take a step back. You know, this is this is what I'm doing now, and I'm going to go full on with this. And I would find myself very defeated because I would quickly go back to old patterns. I would find myself getting sarcastic, you know, uh, getting cynical, and just because that was the vibration that I was perceiving that people were at in that in that job, and and people remember me as a certain way, so they would say certain things that used to be triggers that technically are still triggers, I'm, but I'm working on them, right? So there was just the frequency that they would come at me, um, you know, these triggers or these triggering phrases or things that I'd be very reactionary about. I found it extremely challenging to uh, integrate back into that that old way of being. So having said that, I just want to get back to it. Like I would do 10 minutes at a time of, okay, I'm going to, you know, be very positive uh, for the next 10 minutes. I'm going to watch you know, any of like the soft talk, any of the negate, I'm not going to speak in negations, negation acknowledge, you know, and I'm just gonna be very aware of what I'm doing, breathing, being very aware of my breathing and just do, you know, 10 minute, five minute intervals. And, you know, before you know it, you know, you can start stretching that. Right. So that was how I integrated and was able to integrate successfully. Uh, I don't mind saying that the initial attempted at integrations were very defeating, uh, very frustrating, um, and not, not very successful. Right. So, so that was how that went. Um, and interestingly enough, I, I ended up getting a, uh, uh, a gig to just do one month as a temp assistant store manager, um, sort of out, out of town. It was in Spruce Grove, which is about, uh, 30, 30 to 45 minutes, uh, West of Edmonton here. And, you know, if, if you had told me or asked me if I would ever do that, drive and go out there and just go back up to assistant store manager, especially after everything I'd I'd gone through. I was like, not not a chance. But you know what? There's the store manager out there is amazing, one of my uh, my favorite store managers and great mentor and person to to learn from. And um I was like, you know what, let's do this. And this is going to be the 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 ultimate test. It's going into Christmas, the busiest time anybody that's worked retail. Uh, especially at a grocery store, you know, and during the pandemic and everything too, it's, it's, it gets pretty nuts in there. So it's a real test on your stressors and what's usually a reaction, very reactionary for myself and my, you know, my triggers. So it ended up being an amazing experience. And so I was proud of that because it's like, I, I went in with, again, with an open mind, clean slate, let's do this and got as much as what I could out of it. And, you know, there's a lot of people that say, well, why don't you just stay? And like, they're you know, getting to the point where they're going to pull some strings, get me to stay. So this was very much like, okay, the crossroads. I'm like, okay, it's because this is working, but is this true to what I want to do with my life now? So I was a little bit torn. I was actually very much torn. And that was like, that was very, the crossroads, the energetic crossroads for me. And I ended up sticking to my guns and just going, okay, no, I'm going to uh, continue on this path. And what happened is I got transferred to a store much closer, a store that I'd worked at for three years, so I knew a lot of the people and all that. Uh, maybe ten minutes down the the road from me here, and um, and I went there, and that was stepping back down to uh, just a not just a, but like a, a lesser role. And uh, it was apparent, like from day one, and I'm very appreciative for this actually. In hindsight, that it was it was the fit was not not going to work out. <laughs> so it was like it was very much a um, like right away. I was just like, you know what i was maybe half an hour into the shift i'm like okay hmm, i can't see this working and you know that was january so you know that was when as we're approaching graduation for our level two and then that's when the whole level two call with uh, with mark happened and uh, the graduation call was what literally the turning point for me and i remember we got on the call and, and mark is just second to none presentation skills as you know and you know, at the end of the call, uh, he did this whole um, a video of like this uh, this crazy dancer at the Sasquatch Festival. He's out there doing the, initially the person's using the cell phone to like film the person to make fun of them. I get the, I imagine anyways, that was my interpretation of it. You know, like, look at this crazy wacky person. And then, you know, within two minutes, there's a few people over there also doing the crazy dancing. And by the end of the video, this camera's shaking because there's hundreds of people flooding over there. And then it cuts back to Mark and he's tearing up a little bit and he's doing the whole thing with the abracadabra token. And I just took this massive breath in and I started tearing up too. And that was when I was like, done, this is what I'm doing. And I was this dude, I was so jacked afterwards. Like I, 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 Just keeping to myself and just holding that energy. I figured out what song that was, that was playing just so I could like use it to trigger that energy again. And I'd have that song on repeat when I'd go to work and back and just, I, I, I want to keep this feeling. I want to like really like capture this feeling in my body and in my mind. And so I typed up my letter of resignation. As soon as that call was done, it was in my back pocket, you know? Ready to go, but I also knew, um, you know, I have to be safe about it. So I had to do, you know, get some stuff in line as far as finances and, and everything. And that's that would be, I guess, another just quick little marker or tip for anybody that is sort of on the edge of this, as far as like betting on themselves or, or changing their career or entrepreneurial, whatever it may be. Uh, my advice, uh, especially if you're looking back at how much pressure I was putting on myself financially in my leave of absence uh, the previous year. Um, what I did is I made sure I could get as many of my monthly bills reduced and just removed from the equation, so I have the lowest possible monthly bills uh, that I could ever imagine at this point. So, you know, what I did is I took some of my uh, my pension that I got. So obviously you have to roll. I had to roll a lot of my pension into uh, like another RSP, but I had a lump sum of cash that I got, which I then put towards. Certain things that you can pay annually instead of monthly, which gave me 12 full months of breathing room until next year, until next spring. Uh, it's, you know, to alleviate those, that side of the finances. And then just got rid of a lot of these like monthly subscriptions that are, you know, 99 here and there, but before you know it, it's you know a hundred bucks or whatever it may be, carving those out. And now it's just like, oh, it's it's a night and day difference. I have this breathing room. Um, so that's what I did because that's it's like you know that's I think a lot of people's hangups about doing this in the first place and rightfully so, you know at the end of the day as, as much work as you can do on yourself emotionally and spiritually, there is still, you know the reality of bills and you know and money and the, the existence of that, right. So that would be my other recommendation to anybody and that was the the game changer for me. So I view my sabbatical of last year as sort of like my bike with training wheels and you know going through the whole, self-doubt and like, who are you to, you know, walk away from this and what, what makes you so, so much better than these people. And these strange, you know, strange questions that I, honestly, you know, looking back, it's, it's it was worth, they were worthwhile asking myself and then answering and reframing. It's all part of the process. It, it, you know, I, I, I'm thankful for that side of me, my, that ego or the inner critic. I am thankful for my relationship with that side of me. And I invite that before I, I, I didn't, I was trying to repress that, avoid it, push it down, uh, you know, sidestep it, avoid conversation with it. Right. So with, with those, those sides of me, whereas now I welcome that and thank it for pointing out, pointing something out to me that perhaps I would miss otherwise. So that was big. Um, and yeah, that's kind of where I'm now, man. So I, I, I know you, I've, yeah, like you say, a lot of parallels. I, you had done the strong coach program. I believe Side by side with level two and lifted, is that correct?
0: Very closely, too. Yeah. Very, cl-
1: very close. Yeah. So, i anybody's listening that's not familiar. So, so strong coach is like a, a basically a business mentoring program. You know, it's like four months and and gives you some wonderful framework. You know, and uh, scripting and so forth as as far as like just the way you can present yourself and cuts out a lot of the uh the otherwise like experimentation and guesswork and you know lengthy processes that would get you to the stage that you need to be. It's like fast forwarding a lot. And just the fact that you have somebody that's like a mentor, uh and a group that you can, you know, uh converse with gets those ideas out of your head. And then you get immediate feedback so that it feels real. It is real. Uh you perceive it as real as opposed to this imaginary thing that, you know, uh when it's trapped inside your head, when it's trapped inside my head, it felt very uh, very much, um, you know, that's where it can kind of creep in that the, the inner critic starts creeping back into my, my head going, okay, well, these great ideas, but you haven't done anything with them yet. Or, you know, things like this, right. Start slagging on myself where it's just like, uh, the energy brought by strong coach, nothing but, but love and, and, um, you know, gratitude towards that community. And man, did it ever, it, it, it gave me the foundation, which is obviously so important. And it gave me the community and the feeling that, man, what I'm doing is it's, it's cool and worthwhile. And, uh, I have some good ideas and everybody's got some great ideas and just the collaboration and feeling a like community to me is just the most important thing. And it's just, man, it just, it, it, makes me feel great even talking about it. So that's where I am now. Um, you know, I, I just, I guess to top it off the, the, the one thing I learned, I'm curious to uh, how it was for you as well. Uh, as far as when I, so when I first quit the job. And I definitely had that phase of wanting to be like everything to everybody. I'm like, I want to just, you know, knowing I knew the whole, okay, like niching is important and all that, but I'm like, no, I'm just gonna like, you know, just be as open and expansive as I can. And just whoever wants to come my way and then quickly learned, you know, okay. Uh, you know, being a life coach here, then, you know, potentially competing with like Tony Robbins or, you know, the heavyweights. Right. Uh, And then, and then coming full circle again to, okay, no, I have a niche lane. And so, you know, people know, like, and trust me. And what do I, what was my experience in my life that I can speak to, right. And have this like depth of, of uh, experiential knowledge and such that I can share. So that's when I started uh, getting back into the whole niche thing, hence the uh, you know addiction recovery. Um, But yeah, I was curious. Did you did you have a spot where you just wanted to be like everything to everybody? Did you have any of those that phase, or were you always like, you know, pretty okay? I know where my lane is.
0: So that was actually being working for the federal government. I I had you know been using. Cannabis, been using psilocybin and LSD as a part of my healing journey in ayahuasca and other plant medicines, peyote, and was really hush-hush about them Mm. and was avoiding posting about them online, avoiding being transparent with my boss, and a lot of the success that I was seeing in my work with the Federal Emergency Management Agency was a result of the fact that I was using these medicines to examine my life. And the one big thing that I had yet to examine within much of it was whether or not this was in alignment with who I was to begin with. Mm. And that, that happened in, in mid-2020, where I had this massive shift in the awareness that, you know, I was, I'm meant to be a coach, a healer and a guide and to help people to heal themselves, to heal themselves and to achieve maximum potential in their lives. And within that, finding that niche, I was very scared to post about entheogens, about psychedelics because of fear of retribution. Mm. And so I I was getting all of this affirmation from my, you know, my immediate circle within FEMA that I'm doing such a great job. And that just built me up coming back to the ego and coming back to, you know, having this attachment to who we are within our identity, in the role, in the work that isn't serving us. And then was able to come to this place by right around when you quit your job, where I was like, this has been such... A massive catalyst when i say this i mean psychedelics particularly psilocybin and lsd and cannabis have been such a massive catalyst in my healing and my growth and i already know that i'm leaving i'm going to start posting about them mm. and with that awareness was like oh this is something that i love that i know a lot about and with all of these tools through and lifted through the strong coach through training camp for the soul and these other programs, I can now coach people on how to do this using these other transferable skills. And so in realizing that I was quitting, gave myself that permission to step into the fear of being fired earlier, whatever for, for posting about a, a federal offense of a, a felony. And In that, I remember my last day I was in the office cleaning out my desk and um, my boss, I was talking with him, I told them I was going into coaching and he's like, well, well, what are your plans next? And I was like, well, I'm going to be facilitating some psilocybin ceremonies. And he's like, oh, okay. I hear there's a lot of healing in that for veterans, which there's a lot of overlap between the veteran community and emergency management. And I was like, oh, all of this judgment or at least some of the judgment from my immediate boss that I was fearing, people are much more open potentially when you are honest and when you are in integrity, when I was in integrity with my truth, with my my truest, most integral identity. Mm. So that was my processing of my niche. And I don't necessarily remember wanting to be everything to everyone. And I do remember having some resistance mm. towards what it was that I wanted to be doing and being fully honest about what it was. So I would like to backtrack in a couple of things that you mentioned. Mm-hmm. You were talking about um, cutting back on things that were part of your overhead yeah. in, you know, tightening the reins in allowing yourself to be just a little bit more fiscally uh, responsible mm. in your personal life. And I imagine and I have noticed in myself that a lot of these things that show up as extraneous expenses are things that we use to numb out Mm. from the fact that we're not listening to our intuition. Our intuition has this message, has the stimuli for us. And we use things potentially Netflix, alcohol, even cannabis, psilocybin, um, caffeine, nicotine to numb out to what our body, to what our soul is telling us. I would love to hear about your journey in finding sobriety. And we can get into the word sobriety as well because I don't like the word at all, sobriety. I've been, I like alcohol free because the context of freedom for me is great. Sobriety comes with like somber and AA and these different things Mm. that have their own baggage and cultural context that don't align with me. And that mm-hmm. that's my perspective on the words as I feel that words are very important. And within your journey to sobriety, I would love to hear about what that looked like and how you found that.
1: Yeah, for sure. no, that's yeah great, great uh, cues there. I'll start with the same thing like i i've I do still go to aA meetings and and even the sobriety i'm I'm with you on that as well. Sobriety I use again, it's, 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 context, right? Context is, is everything, if not a lot, uh, and the Instagram sobriety community, that is the it's sober sobriety. So that is the, you know, sort of the, the, the gateway or the ticket into that community. So as a result, I, I do use that. Uh, but me personally, when I say I'm like, I don't drink or I'm alcohol-free, I do like alcohol-free the best. So I'm with you on that words are important. And the way I perceive the word sobriety or sober, there's a rigidity uh that can get a little bit troublesome for me personally as far as like okay well am i truly sober if i you know smoke weed every now and then people people can use it as a lens of judgment i've i've experienced anyways so that's that's my personal experience on it and even with um you know some of the stuff that we're going to talk about with plant medicine people go you know it's it's you know for some people that's that's not sober either right so yeah i want to yeah get that out of the way for sure um yeah absolutely so there's one of the, uh, the sort of the, I guess the influencers of the, uh, celebrities, uh, they, that I, I'm interested in and intrigued with is Jim Carrey. And just, he had a, he had a great quote and I, I, um, and just great sort of, uh, verbiage around, um, you know, what happened with his experience that I really related to at the time I, uh, I had to go through it though. And I'm glad I experientially I, I went through it. So this was back in, I want to say 2016. So I'd already been sober for three years, a little over three years, uh, Darcy and I had gotten back together. So we'd been together before years, took a little bit of a break and we had both sobered up independent of each other. And then sort of the million dollar question was, you know, are we still compatible? Cause we were so much a party couple. Are we going to find each other boring? You know, the million dollar question, can we find common ground now that we're alcohol free? And the answer was absolutely. And it was amazing. It was great. You know, and that's when we started getting into, to everything was leveling up in our lives. We were getting promotions out at work, money's coming in. We've decided that we're not going to have children. So, you know, we, that's when we started, we adopted a dog, you know, we got the hot tub, we got the camper van, you know, the Westphalia pop top, you know, started taking some vacations and initially that was great. And I'm glad that we had the experiences and, and, you know, obviously I love the, love Bentley our Beagle and, you know, uh, you know, but as we started leveling up and, and getting living I wouldn't say above our means, but it was definitely the monthly bills had increased to a stage where we still had some spending money, but looking at how much money we were dumping into car payments, everything else. Uh, that's where the, my, my job took a turn with me or on me, where I realized, man, I've put myself in a position where I, I have no wiggle room, or that was my perception. I was very much, I had to either stay where I was or even get keep kept getting promoted, and at that time I was assistant store manager. So I'm like, okay, I've kind of put myself in a in a uh, you know a bit of a um, I think it's, I believe the term is called like golden handshake or the whole golden handcuffs. Like I I've taken on so much of my life, uh, you know, financially, and have all these external sources of uh, you know things that are to bring me joy. And the flip side of it that you don't necessarily think about at the time. Is that there's like a sort of a burden or this like pressure that comes along with maintaining all of that as well, and so that was where I was like, okay, that was a good learning experience for me. And then, of course, in that stage, it was like, okay, well, everything's working out for us. We got the camper van, we got the hot tub, blah blah blah. Everything's we're back together. This is great. Why don't we try, you know, adding alcohol back into the mix? So that's what we tried uh, to zero percent success rate moderation. I felt that I had done, or I imagine that I had done enough personal development over the three years sober that certainly I could be that one person that had, you know, binge drinking and problem drinking. But I, I, you know, my, that's when my ego basically said the three words, I got this. So I attempted it again, you know, and over the next three plus years of trying everything, Nate, from like, you know, um, you know, the negotiation. And it's like, this will give you a little insight into my, my experience of like the addict brain is like the justifications were much more mature, but they were still just justifications. I would go, you know, okay. Um, before I was always drinking, you know, lucky lager, like the cheap, cheap beer, but you know, I'm going to get some, uh, I hear the local breweries are good and everybody likes this craft beer stuff. So I'm going to go get some craft beer supporting local, you know, and it's, it's double the price of lucky lager. So that means I'll, I'll I'm, going to make sure I'm only having two a night. Right. And I'll keep it out of the fridge. So nobody likes one. I don't like warm beer. Certainly I won't. And before you know it, I'm like drinking six warm beer. Right. And then going back to the liquor store to get more. I'm like, okay, well, okay, this isn't working. So what can we do? Okay. Well, we're not going to drink at home. We'll only drink when we go out. So, you know, within a week, we're we're finding ourselves going out five times, you know, five times a week, right? And it's like, oh man, this is getting expensive. We can't keep doing this. So, hmm, what can we do now? Only drink on weekends. Okay. So before you know it, every weekend's mysteriously a long weekend, right? Four day weekends, right? All of a sudden five day weekends is back to five days a week. You know, so we're doing all this nonsense of, of just attempting moderation and, you know, and just to insist breaking the 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 boundaries of it so quickly. Like we do three weeks sober or we try and do a 30 day challenge, for example. And I my magic number was like 20, 21 days. And I'd be like, you know, that's good enough for me. 21 days, you know, let's go for a beer. Right. So there would just be all these different patterns and cycles and everything that we tried and attempted and just they would just break apart so quickly. And dude, it's there's so much energy behind attempting to moderate. And I can only imagine how it would be it's i i i can imagine it's it's very similar to like doing like a diet like a really strict diet where the entire time all you're thinking about is what you can't have right as opposed to this new you know focusing on you know okay this is the new me and yada yada it's just like that white knuckling that willpower like the whole time you're thinking of the one cheat day, right? So that's why there's a quote that's a great, I think it's Michael Jordan, even says it's easier to do something 100%, just commit to 100% than it is 90%. Because the 90%, you're going to be focused, chances are you're going to be focused on that 10%. When's that 10%? Ooh, when's my drinking day, right? And that's what it was. So it was in, and it's, dude, it's so much energy, so much energy. I was, I was basing my, you know, my week around, okay, well, yeah not living in the moment just thinking okay friday is i'm going to be able to release and have this release and then when i'd have the release i'm like yeah this isn't actually that great and then i get hard on myself so it was this cycle of exhausting you know nonsensical behavior and it's incredibly frustrating um so you know it was so my dad passed away uh, a few days before christmas in 2018 and he had been retired for about a year and uh he had always been a heavy drinker. He, it, you know, throughout his career, he was a fireman for 35 years in Prince George, BC. And, um, yeah, he took up smoking after he retired for some reason. Um, you know, and, you know, it's, he got a year into his retirement. And, um, yeah, I learned a lot of lessons from this. And I'll take a minute to unpack it. But, you know, he, uh, yeah, he passed away and it was from his hard living, uh, you know, that it, it caught up with them. And, and so that was a, a big, uh, you know, towards the end of 2018, I was very much, I was having longer, uh, s- stretches of alcohol-free time. You know, I was getting to start state where I could do, um, you know, 30 days at a time. And I was just getting really bored and frustrated with it. And so when that happened, I'm like, okay, you know, this is, let's, let's, let's stay with this and let's be with this. And, uh, you know, it, fast forward a few months. I, it was April of 2019. I had, a um, the beginning of my holiday Leading into when I was going to go back home for a celebration of life and the the weekend leading into that I ended up having this massive sloppy binge party weekend where there's all the, you know, hard drugs and, and, and drinking and, and everything and just being up to like 4am and just being all like, you know, just totally out of it. And that was the morning before I had to leave, go back home. And, um, I remember just waking up and I always left a couple beers for myself. That's one of my patterns is like leaving hair of the dog, you know? Uh, so I could kind of, my perception was like equalize myself a little bit and, and, and postpone the, uh, the, uh, the pressures that come along with the hangover and such. And I got about halfway through the first beer right. As I'm I'm about to hop in my vehicle and drive for eight hours. And I was just like, what am I doing? And I remember just dumping it out and then just threw the other can out. And I was like, man what am I doing with my life here? And, um, you know, I'm glad that I'm very fortunate. I had an eight hour drive to get back home, Edmonton to Prince George, eight hours, basically right at the halfway point is this beautiful Rocky mountain town, uh, Jasper, Jasper, Alberta. It's one of my favorite places on earth. And it was a beautiful blue, sunny sky day and, and driving through there. And I remember just like feeling completely empty and it normally would be so stimulating for me and just feeling just gratitude and everything. And I was just like, it was the opposite. I was just like, man, I feel, so I remember I just grabbed my phone again and started just kind of, I needed to get that, in, that stagnant energy moving. And, you know, I was just like, I got to get this, whatever it's in here. I like, let's just talk and see what comes out. And dude, it was really dark. It was really, really dark. There was like, you know, talk at least suicidal ideation and, and, um, being super hard on myself and, and, um, you know, I, 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 I think it'd be a very tough listen to listen back. I've long since deleted it, but even if it was still around, I don't know if I could listen to it, you know, but in a sense it was, it was at least it kind of got something going. There was, I felt like a real tight knot in and around my heart region. And at least it was, there was some tingliness there and it was kind of going. And that is when I had that, that, that aha moment where I was like, okay, you know, it's, it's my, my dad's dad, it's like down that generation of just drinkers. And it's just been this pattern that has been passed down generation after generation. And, you know, in a, in a lot of ways it, it, it was ended to the end or it led to the end of my dad. And I'm like, you know what I I can, I have a chance now to end this, like, phew, like it's, it can stop with me. So like the, uh, the coupling, like horrendous feeling of disturbedness on my own behavior coupled with what they could describe in, you know, like an A or, or, uh, you know, a support group says like a reason outside of yourself to really aim. So those two combined, and that was my anchor. And there was just like an instant transformation. That was great. So I was just like, after that, the next four hours of the drive, I, yeah, so it was almost a miracle. Like I had this like complete shift in energy. I started kind of smiling and I, I felt this like lightness to my energy and it really tra- i just had this transformation i'm i'm very fortunate i had that drive that 8 hour drive so by the time i showed up in prince george i picked my brother up from the airport and we just everything else just oh man it was it was a great feeling i just i just was open and allowed more my natural state uh you know it's been you know happy and 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 supportive and and uh and present and as a result that whole trip after that was great man there was like my brother and i hadn't been home together in like 20 years uh, so we were going. It was. It felt like um, there's a movie, Wes Anderson movie, The Darjeeling Limited, where it's a kind of or Unlimited, something like that. And it's uh, it's it's about like Owen Wilson and uh, Adrian Brody are brothers, and they've gone back, uh, back to their hometown and something along their lines of their strange father, I believe it's his funeral, or something. So it felt felt very much like that. It had this like whimsical kind of feel to it. And dude, it was a great to go like the nostalgia and the going back memory lane and feeling like I've I've really so that experience after everything that I had gone through with that drive was just like, boom, that's what I needed. And that's, if I was in the same environment, if I just kind of stayed at home and not had everything happen as it happened, I don't know if we'd be having a conversation right now as, as we are. Right. So it was just everything, you know, falling into place. And it's just like to have anytime I've had a, a big change I've needed to have um, you know, it's great for people that can have just those little taps on the shoulder. I've always needed like a big old smack to the back of the head, uh, you know, to change my behavior. And, and I felt like got that. I imagine I got that and that's, that's, that's what changed me. And it's uh, since then I've been, uh, you know, just going, going with that and, you know, kind of a similar story as yours. Um, very protective over who knew I was very shameful about, my experiences with uh, my inability to, you know, control my alcohol use. Um, I was very protective over that. Obviously people knew, but I was very guarded about to what extent I did a lot of like self, you know, drinking after people would leave, I would intentionally have like four or six beer at a party. And then as soon as they'd leave, boom, boom, you know, I would have another 10 by myself or whatever. Right. So I was very cognizant of how I thought I was presenting myself as a drinker. And did a lot of it like sort of behind the scenes and hiding a lot. So there was a lot of shame, a lot of hiding. Uh, So as a result in my recovery, my initial recovery, 2012 to 2015, I was very protective over that. Now, in hindsight, looking back on it, I fully believe that I was doing that with the intention of leaving the door open just a crack, right? So I could go back and try this moderation. So I I believe that I intentionally did that with knowing that I, I had no intention of being alcohol free the rest of my life. And as a result, I did that. And now as a, for me coming and same thing to you, I, I was, I was incredibly hesitant about putting my full story up, especially when I was still at, uh, working my previous job, I'm uh, imagining for similar reasons. Um, you know, just, and just, yeah, I was honestly, dude, I didn't, it's, it's hard to put yourself out there um, fully when there's, when there's like this deep rooted shame and all that. But since then, I, uh, so, basically, as soon as I'd, I'd quit my previous job and got into strong coach and, and come full circle and go, no, this is my lane. This is me. This is my experience. These are my experiences I want to share. These are my people that I want to be able to help and, you know, be in a community with. And that was about six weeks, maybe two months into strong coach where I just fully embraced uh, me and my experience and what I'm bringing to the table. And, uh, and since then it's just been, it's, things have been moving very, very quickly. And, um, and yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty much, you know, catching you up as far as my, my recovering uh, you know, sobriety or alcohol-free story.
0: That's a beautiful story, brother. And Thank I, you. I love, I love the, your reference to being in the mountains, being in oh. Jasper. I'm, I'm in the Rocky Mountains right now. And nature, when we put ourselves in an expansive state in nature, we can really hear nature, hear the universe speak to us. And that's what I imagine was happening on your end when you were there in this beautiful town in the mountains and had this awareness of this is not who I am, mm. negation acknowledged. Mm. I am so much more than this. And felt that spark of your potential. Mm. And I like to think about substances, particularly when we talk about quote unquote drugs, as either neuroconvergent or neurodivergent. Mm. And we have these socially acceptable, but right? I still think that alcohol is very socially acceptable. We have nicotine, we have Adderall, we have other things, opiates. And some opiates are good, some opiates are bad. We we have these neuroconvergent things that help us either numb out or focus, zero mm. in that that make for good factory workers, mm. that make for good cogs in the system. And then we have neurodivergent substances that help us think outside of the paradigm of this physical meat-suit reality. What's happening, friends? I'm interrupting this episode to talk with you about something of incredible importance. We live in a time where there is much polarization and fracturing in the world. So much so that much of our society has internalized that energy, creating symptoms of depression, anxiety, and other mind viruses. This is why the world needs you now more than ever. It needs your healing, your integrity, and your capacity to serve the world most fully with your gifts. One of the most powerful allies that I have encountered in my healing journey has been psychedelic mushrooms. I imagine you've heard about microdosing, but may not know where to start. This is why I created the Innate Flow Microdose Immersion. Over 12 weeks, we will build our relationship with the medicine in a safe and effective way while connecting with the deeper truth of who we are and why we're here, befriending the different parts of ourself and building a vision for our lives within a supportive community. Through the wisdom of mystery traditions and sacred healing practices, you will build a practical tool belt for living with intention and intuition, allowing you to shift from just surviving day to day into creating your dream life reach out to me at innate.flow on Instagram to schedule a free discovery call and see if the immersion is right for you. Talk with you soon. I would love to get into your exploration Mm. of plant medicines. You mentioned that you recently had a 5-MeO DMT ceremony Mm -hmm. and would love to hear about how you reconcile that with sobriety as well. Mm. As I'm sure you mentioned that some people... When they talk about sobriety, it's all or nothing. And where does plant medicine have a place in your sobriety?
1: Yeah, no, great stuff. Great stuff. Yeah, I'd love to talk about this. So for me, it comes down to, you know, how do I feel about myself when I'm by myself at the end of the day? It doesn't, you know, in negation, acknowledge, it doesn't matter what other people's interpretations of the word sober is or are you know unless you're in the context of a group of people like I, that's what i mentioned like in the context of being in an aa meeting i am fine with presenting myself as such uh but when i am interpreting my own behavior or doing like a, a my own life review or whatever it may be i have a problem with my alcohol use i don't have a problem with i've, you know, I mean, I've never had an issue with uh with cannabis use, um, I would find it very challenging to be like addicted to, uh, you know, psychedelics, you know what I mean? Uh, so my, issue I I have
0: talked with people who have been addicted to LSD and psilocybin and I think rather than a physical addiction, it's a mental addiction. Sure. We can get into that later.
1: Absolutely. So for me, my own personal experience, my problem is with alcohol. So if I'm alcohol free to me, that is my sober. That is my you know, so that is how I reconciled. It was very simple. I I don't, and you know what it is, it's, um, it, you know, if you need to get into justifications, which I don't necessarily feel the need to, it's, it's, if it's something that's like natural, you know, like cannabis, if it's coming from earth, I believe, and it's called medicine. I love how there has been this uh, overwhelming advancement and acceptance of these plant medicines and and, and, and even in like science, as far as like, and, and healing and all that, I love how that's happened over, especially over the last 10 years, especially the last five years. And I'm, I'm sure, you know, the, uh, a lot more about that than I do, but, um, yeah, so that was my, it was an easy reconciliation for me. And I, you know, I was doing a lot of micro mushrooms like way back. Like when I was in my early twenties, I was doing, Microdosing probably three four times a week for like years because you know I was a musician that was what I wanted to do with my life so I was very much uh, doing my best uh, attempt at you know living the rock and roll lifestyle so I was doing you know mushrooms I was practicing with the band four or five times a week and I would basically microdose before practice every time so that was my my connection point I was always very fascinated with how just the knowledge that would the the, the energetic knowledge and just the, um, the connecting of dots. And just, it felt like I was going from a, you know, a drawing or a sketch of what I could do creatively in my mind to this like three dimensional, beautiful sculpture and see all these different angles. And it really helped me interpret some of my behaviors and, and all of that. It's just unfortunate that I would, I would couple it with, with very heavy drinking. So it would, it would shift a little bit. There would be this period of, um, you know, starting with the microdosing coming up and I'd have these like wonderful realizations. And I would think that I would supercharge it by by having drinks and then it would just get really out of equilibrium. And that was kind of my, my early experiences with it. Um, always enjoyed, uh, using LSD. Um, I like the idea with LSD and, and psilocybin of having, uh, you know, uh, four to eight hours of these waves of different things. I, I was, always, I was never, I never shied away from, uh, the valleys, uh, that, you know, that would come from like psilocybin would make you f- make you feel, um, some of these, uh, you know, emotions or energies that you otherwise avoid or suppress. So that was, uh, I was, that was always very curious for me from an early age. Um, so, you know, fast forward to how, you know, how I'm using it now, uh, I have such a, a, a calmer, you know, uh, way of being now, and I have such a, a, much more a balanced, uh, you know, curious approach to life that is amplified by using plant medicine. And I really appreciate it, you know, uh, being there for that. And like, so you get into the five MEO DMT, I had, uh, I, I've been looking for a, a spot to do ayahuasca for a while and um it wasn't uh wasn't able to locate anything in canada yet uh that was doing it but there was a um you know just doing some searching online uh, i found a place called soma heart in vancouver so I'm, I'm about you know like an hour and a half flight from vancouver you know 12 hour drive kind of thing and um i got on a call with the the guy uh from there and he um he said well i don't do ay- ayahuasca but i you know just we did a whole kind of discovery call like what are you looking for where, where are you in your life you know and he's like you know it would be what might be interesting for you is 5 MEO DMT. I'm like, well, tell me about it. And like, I've smoked DMT, but I think it was, a, you know, certainly not like this. Uh, and um, so he kind of described it. He sent me some videos about uh, what to expect and and all this. I'm like, man, it sounds pretty intense, but I imagine I've done the work. I, I've done the work, you know, leading into this to be able to, uh, you know, allow this to happen and the good, the, good, the bad, the ugly is there even good, bad, ugly, or is it just, it is what it is. And, you know, getting into that whole like mindset going in. So yeah, I went down there and we did, um, three days of it. So I did the three different amounts that you do. So there's was like the handshake, the hug and the full embrace. And I did those day one, day two, day three. So, um, and yeah, man, like what, a what experiences they were, I was actually just listening to, uh, my recordings of them. So basically what happens is we would do say the handshake, you know, let it process it, you know, do just sit with it you know and then I would sit up and then my uh, my guide would just hit the record button basically and I would just let it flow out just go this is my experience so catch it right away right and so I was just listening to all of those before we started the call just to refresh my memory and yeah like what an experience it was um before I get into the the specifics of it I don't know if you have any anything else you want to uh, you know, ask or get into any other topics. Otherwise I could launch into, you know, some of the things I, that I, that I learned.
0: Not, not having done five MEO, I would love to hear about the experience that you had yeah. in comparison, even to some of your deeper, um, psilocybin and LSD experiences.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, so LSD, um, just cause I do it, you know, f- fairly frequently, um, just with microdosing, um, you know there's this familiarity. I have a I I have a strong relationship with it. And um, you know, it's for me it's it's so different because it's um you know it amplifies things and it's it's a it's a it's a longer term thing as far as like if you're gonna do it in the afternoon, it'll last and kind of be we you'll even have some whispers of it later into the evening. And it's uh and it just really like the colors and everything gets more vibrant in my creativity i feel it gets peaked and you know my journaling is very um you know very on point and i feel like i'm able to express myself uh and articulate myself in uh in a much more um you know an efficient manner right and just i'm able to exp- explain my explain things without this like distortion of of um worrying about you know what the the listener is uh you know perceiving that i'm saying if that makes sense and um you know so that it's it's a more long-term thing whereas when you do the 5 meo it's so incredibly quick and intense and then it decays very quickly and then you're basically back to you know back to ground zero if you will so it was awesome man. i I, i'll frame it as as you know just so we were in um in a the location very close to jericho beach uh which is a beautiful spot um in vancouver so i was about a five to seven minute walk from there. So, you know, as soon as the, uh, the ceremonies would be done, I could just go do it like a two or three hour walk along Jericho beach and just really, you know, allow, uh, everything that's happened and just, you know, I guess still just sit with it. Right. Oh, so, and yeah, the, yeah, the, uh, the guide, I can't say enough great stuff about him. You know, he, uh, there was some, like, the sound therapy things on, you know, some of the, the tuning tuning forks and like the uh, crystal, uh, sound bowls, and the shaman drum and, and so forth, the big eagle feather, and just uh the the, the the vibe of the room was just so wonderfully done. And so, you know, we and he was great about okay, this is what you can expect. What are your intentions? We talked a lot, okay. What is your intentions of coming in here? What do you want to learn? What are you looking to learn about yourself? Right. And um, so yeah, that was initially. I'm like, well, you know what? For me, I Nate, I've always felt like I've had a governor on. I've always felt like I've been giving like 80%. And there's 20% that I just, I hold back and I don't know why. And I've always been envious of people that can be like that, you know, seemingly from my pers- perspective, hundred percent themselves. And they're just like, they got the confidence and all that. Cause I've always had this like reservation, whether I'm a conserving, and I just don't know enough about it. And I've always been very hard on myself about it. So I've been like, you know, why can't I ever just go hundred percent? Like what is holding me back? And I wanted to understand that. So I felt like I was like stifling my own expression. So I wanted to be like hundred percent into like, okay, what is my expression and getting rid of this perceived like governor that I have on myself. And so that was my, my intention, you know, something along those lines, as far as like verbiage paraphrasing it. And so we got that all down. I had my journal ready. And um, so the first uh, dose is called the handshake, which is uh, essentially a micro dose is what I imagined it to be. And just getting your body used to it and your mind used to it. And you're not too far removed from, you know, your, your regular, uh, state of consciousness and, uh, whoo, like incredibly intense. Um, I remember like feeling it's like, you know, when you go into a roller coaster and you have that, uh, that bar come down, I felt it. And, and, uh, my guide identified as like the fear belt, I guess it's called. So like right across my heart, I felt very tense and fearful just because it was such a new experience and it happens so quickly you have an enormous amount of like thoughts that go through your head in like seconds right so it's basically as soon as you um you know he, he does his thing on the pipe and as i'm laying back he does a countdown of 10 and then right at 10 he hits uh it's like a little like a triangle and cranks up the music and you exhale and this is like these beautiful fractal patterns and you're just like whoa like it's incredibly intense and beautiful. And, um, yeah, I just remember that was the first thing was there was like, I, I butted up against that feeling of fear and that feeling of, of, um, holding back. And I asked him, I'm like, is it okay to be afraid? He's like, yes, yes, it is. You know, the Eagle feathering kind of cleared the area around. And as soon as I heard that, I just started like literally crying, like just flooding out and, you know, this picture, like, you know, as a hundred times quicker than what I'm speaking, that's how you're processing. And I realized in that, just in that first handshake, I identified what that energy was and I identified it as actually, it's like my mom's energy. So my mom has always been very, you know, we talk about strong coach, the collapse distinctions, worry and love are very much, you know, uh, the same for, for the, the way I was raised with, with, uh, my parenting and that side of things. So I realized then I, that's not something to resent or be hard on myself about it. It's a loving energy. So that was a huge, like, boom, that was an immediate, like change in my, like, you know, reframing of like, energetically and in my head about, you know, what this perceived holding me back is. And then, you know, just going to this, this is a love energy. This is a, a, a concern energy. It's not about, yeah. So being able to immediately drop that resentment that I had towards myself about why I'm holding myself back and it kind of just kept going from there. So the next one's the, it's called the hug and it's a double dose of, of the handshake. And that one is like, I, I would liken it to, you know, your inner dialogue, you know, just turn the volume down to like one and you're just like super just like into your, the energy or your body. I was doing this like really intuitive, like energy work on my own body. Um, I'd had acute pancreatitis, uh, when I, in 2008 from, from drinking and I found this like energy center in my body, like around here. And it was just for whatever reason, uh, I was, I was drawn to it and I felt, it felt very tense in there. And I just started like, you know, massaging it and like doing the whole Pono Pono stuff, um, like the prayer for that. And then, um, Deus, uh, you know, picked up a, like a drum and started doing some kind of like sound therapy and like walking circles around me. And, uh, you know, I just had this like energetic, like healing, uh, that, that occurred that I was able to do. And then sort of just doing some like tapping on myself and just getting really playful, uh, you know, with, 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 with my own energy, uh, with the hug. And yeah, it was, it was great. That wasn't without a little bit of resistance though, too. I'm just remembering this, but uh, dude, I'll tell you, it's like the fear that comes up in the otherwise um, problematic emotions or the way that I perceive as problematic emotions when they come up would get overwhelmed by this external feeling of, I would say, unconditional love. It was just like, it would, it, would, it was allowing it to come up and I would get kind of like emotional or frightened. And then I would feel waves coming from, you know, outside my body towards me. So I truly felt like it was the safe zone to bring up things that I was, I had spent my entire life avoiding, distracting myself from being afraid of. And then as soon as I realized what the relationship was with me and the medicine and this experience, that way you could, the, um, the fear and the, uh, the hesitancy is replaced with curiosity if I truly felt like I could walk up to these things that were like, you know, I would never look in the eye or I was like always avoiding or whatever and actually put my hands on it and start going, okay, why, what are you? And like, why are you, where, where did you come from? What is the origin behind this feeling? And why am I scared of you? Right. So it was, it was wonderful, uh, safe spot to do that. And it was like, again, because everything moves so quickly, I would have, um, you know, specific times and memories in my life come up of like embarrassment and they would come up and sit there and I would allow them like, yeah, I, I would welcome them. And they would just feel overwhelmed and I'd smile, you know, and just, so it was, it was, great, man. So a lot of the, um, one of the things I could say is like the words, you know, we talk about the importance of words and, you know, like using mantra work and all these, you know, these, these types of things. i f- a lot of like the, the two words that I, I, I truly feel I've experienced in my body uh, was like unconditional love, allow, and acceptance. I remember on the uh, fast word a little bit on the last day on the, uh, the, the final dose, I just kept saying to myself out loud, it was like, allow, 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 and just an acceptance. And like those three words that I, I desired so strongly, I finally felt it was like the tip of the iceberg I view as like the word itself is like the tip of the iceberg and the actual depth and nuance context experience, feeling energetic experience of the word is the rest of the iceberg. And that's what, that would be the analogy I would use for, for the experience with, with five MEO is like, I, I I remember sitting up and like, okay, I understand what unconditional love is now. And conversely, I understand how I was being conditional with myself and my own self-worth and further that I know where that comes from because my dad's, you know, is very, was very conditional with his love. I and that's, and I, that's not to, you know, at that stage, just because there's so much, you know, unconditional love that comes up. It's not, a, it's not about, you know, um, pointing out flaws in dad. In fact, it's just like, you know, it's, it's an, it's reaching an understanding, that he was raised that way, and when you have this unconditional love, and it just overwhelms everything, any fear-based anything that comes up, uh, it's yeah, it's it's a magical thing. So it was that was that was the hug, and then the the full embrace is the third dose, and that's double the hug. So that one is I, I can only describe it as it fluctuates in between, um, you know, the the borders of like your comfort zone. And then into that like range of you're kind of getting frightened, like the stress zone, and then kind of fluctuates in between that. So that was very intense, uh, and that when you full ego dissolution, yes, yes, like completely yeah. being out of your
0: sense of being a person in this body as Matt Gardner, yeah, yeah, and that's why I imagine dimethyltryptamine has is been referred to as the God molecule, right. Is because yeah. it allows us to experience this universal love yeah. within ourselves, and to see these aspects of ourselves that we can learn to befriend more.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well said. Well said. And so that one is and the curious thing about that one though uh, was the full embrace, and I didn't understand it until the third day. Was coming out of it, you. It's like your mind comes back online super quickly. And I got very self-conscious. I started, uh, it was, it was curious to me that I'd have this amazing experience. And, um, and then all of a sudden I'm like, I'm sitting there. I'm like, am I taking too long here? Is he getting, is, is Deus getting annoyed with me? What am I going to eat? All of a sudden I'm like, what's going on? Like I had this amazing experience. And now I'm just like right back to where it was. I'm like, oh, I'm like, you know, what, where, what am I going to do the rest of the day? Is it raining outside? It was just like, right back to where it was. And I was like, that's really kind of curious strange. And, uh, but what I, what I likened that to is like the, th- the third day. So by the time you do it, you know, by, by the day, by day three, you can get really playful with it because the handshake of day three, man, it felt so welcoming where there was this initial hesitancy and fear by day three. I was like, I felt like it was, I was so welcome to come back to that space. I felt I was, I could now that I, ex- I have experienced it, I felt like I can access that with like breath work or like, it didn't feel that far into the woods. If you get what I mean, I'm like, man, I, I, this, and it just felt so welcoming. And as a result, because of the familiarity, you can get a lot more playful with the medicine. Right. So, uh, but yeah, the, uh, the interesting thing about the full embrace on the third day, I, it was, it was cool because it was like the very end I'm getting spat out and I remember just sitting there and I had my head, my hands And I was just going, okay, here it is again. And I I made the comparison. It's like being at a party at like 3 AM, you know, like it's peaked long since peaked and you're kind of hanging over a bit. You're just kind of like, ah, man, life is, you know, real life, quote unquote, is coming back at you and your, your thoughts are back online. And, you know, and then I realized I'm like, hold on a second. No, no, no. This is like, I understand this now. This is the medicine essentially going, okay, boom, your mind is back online what have you learned? I was like, ah, I get it. Okay. Now I understand why this happens like this. So what have I learned? I'm like, okay, I can change my physiology. Why am I like, you know, doing the dramatic head and hands? I'm like, okay. So i sat up straight, you know, I've got some good breathing going on, you know? And then it's like, okay, well, what have I learned? What else can I change? So I just, I started feeling grateful about the lessons I had learned instead of you know, just going back into this potential, like default state of being self-conscious and the self-doubt coming back, I changed it. And I was like, ah, I understand it now. So that was kind of the last final lesson. It was beautiful. And then I was like, after that, I had a wonderful day. So that I didn't learn that until like the third day, as far as I always, I was, I just found it very curious that why you know the medicine would spit you back out the other side with back into your thoughts and your reality. And I'm like, ah, no, I totally get this. This actually completely makes sense. So that was my experience on that last day. And just you know, the playfulness and the familiarity that comes with doing it in stages. I'm so you know, fortunate and grateful that I did the three days in a row. And, um, yeah, still unpacking a lot of it. I thought, um, you know, there is, I, I, go in on one hand with limited expectations, but you can't help but have a little bit of, hmm, you know, you know, th- visualizing what you're going to be like coming out the other side. And of course it's, um, you know, it's, it's, it's very different, very, it's, it's impossible to fully, you know, cover everything that it does. It's so nuanced. So just so you dive back into like the whole, like intention of expression, and getting into that side of the things, I'm not feeling like I'm expressing myself. I remember learning that I very much am expressing myself. I was looking for it in the wrong spot. And where I was looking for, it was in that gap between like where people, where I think people are perceiving me and where I perceive myself. I was looking for it in that gap versus just looking for it where I am and what I'm doing. It really taught me how nuanced my expression is in my relationships, it, it gave me a lot of visualizations and real memories of the way that I've, uh, you know, communicated with Darcy, my fiance throughout the years and just little things like little, like, you know, like little ways that we look at each other. It those came flooding back to me and just this overwhelming feeling of love and, you know, the foundation that we've created in our relationship. And that was like, it's showing me yeah. is like, yes, no, you, you are, it, um, you know, fully expressed and you are finding your, you know, your way of being your authentic person, you're looking for it in the wrong spot. I was like, ah, perfect. Okay. So that really helped me and calmed me and, and made me realize that, um, you know, that it that's, you know, I have done a lot of work and, and it's just about like remembering where I am and remembering to turn back inwards versus, you know, almost in that border between like looking for external validation. It was kind of in that, like I see it, that's the only way I could describe it is like the, the gap between external validation and myself. I was, I was just looking beyond myself where I just had to look a little bit closer inwards. So, and you know, I mean like it's, it's, it's great uh, that we did a lot of like integration talk afterwards, which I know is important. I'm sure that's a, you know, you cover a lot in your um, you know, your course and, and program that you do. Because it's otherwise, it's like you know, you have this experience. It's like the sauna effect. You're in the sauna, as soon as you leave, it's okay that that, that you know she's done. But uh, so that was what we did. So and Deus was great about going. Okay, so he wasn't doing any leading things. He's like, so what did you learn? Okay, blah blah blah. He's like, okay, well, what does that mean? Okay, and then you know he was going layer after layer and challenging. I was going, you know, and but it was great. So you know, it's it's you know, and how can I still physically? remind myself of this it's one thing to mentally process this and it does it takes a while i was expecting to have this huge flood of journaling afterwards which was not the case it was you know it's it's taking its time to kind of reprogram myself and show up you know sort of in layers and unravel uh this is like two months later and it's still i'm still getting sort of like oh okay that's what that is right um, you know, and the integration part though, is like the physicality of, um, you know, like listening to the drumming is like really, uh, comforting for me now. Cause I have this experience with it shaking. We did 10 minutes of just random shaking, getting crazy with it, you know, um, beforehand. So I do that every day, uh, the breathing, I, I learned this, uh, or relearned I like to say this way of breathing, uh, that I'd gotten on day two of the handshake of just like this huge, abundant inhale that I had never experienced perhaps since I was a, maybe a baby. Um, and it's, uh, you know, just remembering that and breathing like that and just certain things that it had taught me. So that is the physicality of the integration, just reminding myself and, and getting into that state as well as, you know, listening to the recordings and going, okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of that just stays, has stayed with me so, so far. And, and just, it is like these, you know, these little tweaks that have occurred that uh, I've just you know, they're they're just running in the background. Now I don't have to journal about them. They have taken shape. I've learned the lesson and boom, they're, they're just part of, you know, my makeup now, which is just amazing. So yeah, amazing experience. Um, You know, definitely need. I love having the guide there, man. He was amazing. I can't say my, uh, you know, enough great stuff about him and the, the environment, uh, the environment being so close to nature and like the beach, And everything else was was phenomenal. The use of like sound therapy and music, uh, just the whole thing, dude, was like it was life changing. And I can't, you know, recommend it enough. I I can. Uh, The other thing, dude, it's so funny. I I mean, I still catch myself a lot, and I'm sure you're hearing it. um, You know, just with the language stuff, it's 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 been a long road for me. And I, I I have an interesting take on on negations that I want to run by you. Um, and I, I even came into it with, uh, in this, in the state, like in this, cause I was, I was catching myself a lot with, with negations. And I'm like, you know what? I feel that, No, well, I imagine that when you're learning, when you're in the state of learning, negations are necessary. I, I've, I've likened it to, so, so there's like Michelangelo's David. He's like, they asked him, okay, how did you know you were done? He's like, I just removed everything until there was David. So for me, part of my journey of finding out who I am is finding out what I'm not. So a lot of like removing, and I guess in a sense, negations, I'm not this, I am not that. And then what I'm left with is, you know, what I can then speak to you like with affirmations, right. But in the process of learning and growing for me has included removing and negations and statements of negations. It's not that it's not this. So part of my curiosity has negations attached to it. That's just my own personal uh, view on it, as far as uh, as far as I'm interested to see it. Do you have? Have you gotten that, or have you gotten to the full on? The switch is flipped. It's all about affirmations.
0: I still find myself in that space of, all right, what am I not? And I think that that's a great analogy of chipping away at the statue of David as Michelangelo and being more and more quick with the translation of, okay, mm. if I'm not this what does that mean about who I am and allowing that to be the catalyst for self-inquiry, allowing that Mm. to, there's this, there's this saying, the more you become who you are, the harder it is to be who you're not. Mm. And so when you find yourself, Oh, I'm, I'm not X, Y, and Z. All right. What is being triggered within you to have that awareness and how do you shift that? And another great Um, awareness that I see in your telling of this experience is so much do I find myself constantly in this state of achieve, achieve. Mm -hmm. achieve. I need to do this. I need to do this. I need to do this to get to this space of self-acceptance, of love, of releasing the critic and the ego and finding myself, you know, where I can be most in touch with who I am and that is an aspect of it. Mm. There is a just as big of an aspect of allow 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 coming mm. back to that yeah. letting go of the need to define what i am and what i'm not and just being being in presence being in awareness yeah. to rather than cognitively understand it in the mind to feel it.
1: Mm. Yeah. Well said. Well said. I love the word allow now. And that is a big, just a one word repetition, you know, cantation mantra. And I use it, dude. Yeah. That landed big time. It's, it's my entire career, you know, up till like, you know, when I quit and, and I obviously that behavior transferred into what I'm doing now was a hundred percent that achieve. Okay. What is next cross that off the list? You know, you get that small little, like rush of dopamine and the thrill of crossing something out. And then your brain's like, okay, what's next? What's next? Right. And it was like, it's so distractionary too. it. It, it doesn't allow, right. It doesn't allow for you. And right. as a result, there's a, a decent chunk of time at the, at the beginning of my you know entrepreneurial journey. I was not enjoying it because I was not enjoying the process. I was so focused on results and of course results when it has this newness to it kind of flailing, I was flailing around a little bit, you know, drastically changing my approach and my mindset, literally week to week, you know, as, as I was viewing myself going through the strong coach, uh, course, it was like week to week. and, you know, journaling about it, I'm looking back on, I'm like, wow, I was so con- convicted about this one phrase. And now like, I don't even think about it anymore. So it's figuring like, out what you're not exactly. Right. And just like ideas were coming and going and it's great. And it's, it's all that, but man, when you're in that stage of newness, um, yeah, it's, it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was, there's so much duality, right. It's, it's simultaneously incredibly exciting and like vibrant and creative and boom, let's throw everything in the wall and see what sticks. And then there's like the, uh, you know, the other side of that, where you're just like, Oh crap. Like, what am I doing? I'm, you know, this is never going to work. Like who do I, you know, that's very much quieted down, like I say, but, um, you know, that's, that was definitely the experience. And yeah, to get back to the allow though. I'm doing that a lot now, Nate, where I just when I have that energy of like the achiever and I start firming up in my body and bowing up a little bit and feeling this like external pressure, this perceived external pressure or urgency. That's when I just go outside. I'll just go outside and sit down for like 10 minutes with nothing, no anything. I'll just my pets will come up or whatever and they'll chill with me. I watch the clouds go by for 10 minutes, and it's been such a game changer for me and it just is as as harnessed in that achiever quote unquote and just gone you know like and i he's gonna be a part of me and it's great because at the end of the day there is that duality i i I still feel the need to you know get things done right uh but it's so much more harnessed and more balanced the yin energy is is like you know uh so much more um integrated with the, uh, the, that Yang, but it's like, I knew this got to get this done, baby. Right. So that guy, that's what he sounds like to me. It's like, the, ah, come on. What are, you doing? what are you doing? Let's get on there. It's that kind of energy frantic and just drill urgent. sergeant, drill yeah. sergeant, like urgent, even though it's like an arbitrary sort of, you know, a set of goals that I have. And so, yeah, dude, it's been, it's been great. Yeah. The word allow, I'm glad you uh, circled back to that. Cause that's been huge for me. And just out of that, there's been this like extra, you know, periphery that comes along with it. It's like, I I've gotten back to like trusting the universe or whatever, like I I'm spiritual. Right. So I, I am now trusting my, the guiding forces in my life. Whereas before my actions were not in congruency with that. I was still trying to control as much as I could with my achiever energy. Right. I was telling myself, or I was pretending like I was still trusting, but in the meantime, I was, literally trying to micromanage my entire life with this like achiever energy so by getting into the allowing that yin energy getting that back in and balancing it back out i actually am living in congruency with the trust of my guiding forces my intuition and there's this calmness that comes along with that instead of this like divergent you know that's what I, I view it as like the, uh, the achiever energy of just like, you know, just like shooting out like fireworks coming out of my head and stuff and, you know, sparklers or whatever. There's this like this inner cool, I view it as almost like it's a like a blue golf ball, like at the core of my brain and it just like drains down into my body. And there's this like centered, rooted core, you know, energy that still accomplishes things, but doesn't have that crazy, you know, uh, arbitrary achiever energy to it. So it's just, yeah. And that's just honestly, dude, that's been the last couple months I've been able to get to that stage. So, uh, happy that I, uh, happy, grateful, you know, everything, all the above, uh, for getting to that stage in my life.
0: <laughs> and in that trust, I'm curious what you have in the works with your coaching and your programs and the work that you are doing.
1: Awesome, man. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, I love your segues. You're a very, very natural gifted interviewers. So thanks, dude. Uh, wonderful time for me. I'm very excited about this. I get to collaborate with some wonderful people. I have, um, six confirmed and one maybe, uh, as far as my, uh, beta testing group for my uh, recovery roadmap, uh, program. So it's going to be a dry July challenge that we're going to be doing. And, uh, yeah, it's, so there's going to be a weekly group call, um, a 31 day challenge where you do, uh, commit to 30 minutes a day of a body mind spirit activity so 10 minutes each so it'll be like say 10 minutes for me it's gonna be 10 minutes of jogging 10 minutes of reading a book and then 10 minutes of meditation just committing to that in the morning as sort of a a kickstart to your morning a priming for your morning doing a check-in on the private facebook group that we have just coming in right after you've done that 30 uh 30 minutes and going okay this is how i'm feeling today you know explaining uh energetically how you feel and then working your way out okay so what are What are my emotions and what are the external that are, that I'm perceiving are creating these emotions within me and just getting, it's like a self-awareness exercise, right. And just getting into the community and doing that and having everybody figure out where everybody else is and commenting on each other. And it's a vulnerability practice as well. Uh, So, you know, that obviously the one-on-one coaching calls, uh, story work calls that I'll do with the folks as well. And, uh, and of course I created an online course uh, that's just like, uh, you know, dealing with um, the Nuances and in the ins and outs of addiction, sobriety, and so forth, recovery. So whether it's uh, you know uh, there's a lesson, for example, on uh, you know uh, reframing a relapse, uh, managing cravings. You know you get the idea. Getting into the unlifted stuff. It's an inner dialogue. It's uh, specific sort of language upgrade specific to the way you're talking to yourself. Um, you know and things of that nature. So that's basically it. And this is going to be a great way to uh, get real time feedback how the program is going. And then from there, it's going to be, uh, you know, I'm going to launch it as something that I can, uh, you know, put to the, to the public, to anybody that is looking to take their own recovery journey, or even just kickstart, uh, an existing, you know, uh, stint of sobriety. Right. I, I view it as these 30 day challenges are amazing. So, uh, the plans I have Nate, are going to be, I'm going to do like a dry July, sober October, you know, January. So it's a new year, new year, new year, new you. Uh, and then sober spring. So April, so do uh four times a year, 30 day challenge, which can then kickstart into, if you want to continue on, uh, you know, for uh, like a full year, basically there's a way to stay in the community and, uh, and have this, um, you know, virtual recovery center essentially that you can do a full year of your, you know, year one of sobriety or year two or whatever it may be having long-term, uh, you know, long-term availability for people to stay, have a place. It's like an all-in-one, like a place for you to go and stay and feel part of a supportive community with these activities that you would have, uh, to, uh, to have like a healthy and active, you know, sobriety. So that's, that's what we got coming up. And yeah, thanks for the opportunity to, to mention it. Cause that's, I'm super excited. We're days away. So there's uh there's the, the fear and excitement duality going on more so excitement. The fear is, um, healthy. The fear is just letting me know that I, I, I care about what I'm doing. Right. So uh, yeah, it's, it's super exciting. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm very excited for the future.
0: That sounds like a really powerful experience that you'll be guiding people through. And my journey started with, all right, I'm going to take 30 days off of alcohol. And <clears> then that I was like, 30 wasn't that hard. I can do 90. And yeah. then I was like, you know, why not go for a, for a year? 365 <laughs> cool. days. And now I'm going on three years and it is a powerful experience. Yeah, Yeah, thank you. So where can people find this um, Recovery Roadmap experience, uh, sober or dry July, sober October? And where would you like to direct them?
1: Yeah, for sure. Thanks, man. Uh, So it's recoveryroadmap.me. That's my Instagram handle, TikTok handle. And that's also the website. So www.recoveryroadmap.me. I also do a, it's on Facebook and YouTube. My YouTube channel is at Matt Gardner Live. So that's sort of a, uh, just, um, that's my, uh, my hub for all the different things I do. So I have my sound therapy tracks on there. I just released a sound therapy album on the first day of summer. It's called Expansion First. So you can find that. I do uh, a really cool daily show called Life Coach Daily with a friend of mine, Megan. Uh, on there as well. And then of course the uh, recovery roadmap stuff is on there. And I do a podcast called beyond recovery, uh, which is that's sort of, that's at the hub of uh, Matt Gardner live, which is Facebook and YouTube. So that is all my, uh, my places to be located. I'm on Instagram more than I should be. Uh, you know, Soft talking, knowledge and negation. Uh, <laughs> but just uh, Instagram is uh, is where I'm most commonly found. So if you want to reach out to me, I'd love to hear from you and uh, even just strike up a conversation. This is what I'm doing, uh, you know, for my for the rest of my life. So you know, don't be nervous about getting a hold of me. I'm not going to launch into this big, uh, you know, sales pitch. I just want to have uh, forged relationships and, and meet people where they are and, and meet people. And if you want to come on the podcast or just have any kind of conversation, let me know where you are. Do some check in practice uh, with me, uh, you know, I'm, I'm open to it all and, uh, don't be, uh, don't be shy. Cause I, I will I'd love to talk to you.
0: Well, brother, I appreciate your time. It has been a joy to have you on and I'm wishing you a beautiful rest of your day, my dude.
1: Thanks, Nate. I really appreciate you having me on. And yeah, same to you, my brother.
0: It was so great to catch up with Matt and hear about his DMT journey, as well as parts of his story I had never heard before. If you are interested in exploring what freedom from alcohol would look like in your life, I invite you to connect with him on social media. He's an excellent recovery coach, and I'm confident you will get a great deal out of his 30-day program. Also, if you've been enjoying this podcast, drop us a rating and review on your favorite podcast app. And remember, that though we may feel alone at times, we are merely a node in the universal, interconnected, energetic field of love. And in this moment... Being held in this field of love, you are doing amazing and are right where you need to be. Aho, Great Spirit.